This is the East Trauma Cast. With your moderators, Florence Mapman, University of Florida, Jacksonville. Dave Morris from Intermountain Medical Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Carrie Valdez from Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And Matt Martin from Madigan Army Medical Center. This program brought to you by the Online Education Committee of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. Advancing science, fostering relationships, and building careers. It is my pleasure to be sitting with Pam Bixby and Don Jenkins, and we're going to give you some information about the National Trauma Institute, otherwise known as NTI, as well as their data repository, the NTRR. And if you haven't heard about this, this is a great opportunity to learn. I hadn't heard about it either. I had heard the name kind of tossed around, but I didn't really have a good understanding of uh, what the institution was for, and so I thought I would ask them to sit with us and give us some uh, more details. Pam and uh, uh, Don, if you can introduce yourselves, that'd be great. Sure. My name is Pam Bixby. I do external relations for the National Trauma Institute. I try to get our name out there. Um, we do advocacy work in Washington, D.C. Uh, to try to get uh, legislators aware of the need for funding for trauma research. And um, I do marketing of all of our services. Thank you so much. And Don, can you, uh, obviously everyone knows who you are, but if you could explain maybe how you're involved with the NTI, that'd be great. Sure. So uh, uh, my role at uh, NTI began at the inception of the organization. I was one of the uh, founding members and have had the uh, honor and privilege of uh, being a chair of uh, NTI uh, for a period of time. Uh, it's a fantastic organization. And we, and we formed this group because uh, we realized there was really no other organization that was going to, uh, as Pam said, advocate for trauma research uh, funding. Uh, it's not an NIH uh, a sort of priority. Uh, and we had so many things that we needed to study in the civilian setting, especially in light of the, uh, caring for injured combatants in the combat zone. Uh, where it's very difficult, if not impossible, to do actual research. And so uh, we advocated uh, with state legislatures. Uh, uh, we, we went to uh, the DOD. Uh, we went to the Congress. Uh, and over the past uh, decade, uh, over 70 researchers at more than 30 sites uh, have uh, been able to use about $90 million in federal and state funds to do trauma-related research, uh, which was our goal from the beginning. As we started uh, this process, we were a bit naive to the DOD's way of doing things. Uh, we found out that that was, uh, that was not uh, unique uh, to us, and we've gained a, a lot of expertise in how to deal with uh, that funding stream. Uh, and it has turned us into now an organization that actually can help people write their grants. Uh, we, we manage the uh, grant funds. Uh, we do all the interface uh, with the uh, uh, Department of Defense, meet all of their uh, uh, deadlines uh, for, for reporting and progress. Uh, we've gotten some no-cost extensions uh, through to help people finish off projects. Uh, we've even gone so far as to solicit funds on behalf of a researcher uh, when they told us that the, their funds were insufficient uh, and were able to tap into a different form of funding from the DOD uh, to help them uh, with, their, with their projects. Uh, at least 20 uh, of those projects uh, have been presented uh, at scientific meetings, and there's somewhere in the order of about 35 publications uh, in the Journal of Trauma that have come uh, out of that, uh, that funding source. 
So is the NTI purely DOD funding for managing the grants and applications, as, as you discussed, or it does it also tap into other resources such as the NIH or um, industry-sponsored funding? So uh, we try to uh, find sources of, of funding. Uh, oftentimes researchers uh, get funding uh, and come to us to help them manage their project uh, because uh, project management is really, really difficult and we've got some uh, good experts for that. Uh, part of the problem with the DOD funding uh, was that uh, several years ago, uh, the Department of Defense made a decision and said that they weren't going to fund one-and-done projects uh, anymore, and that that data from those projects had to be made available to other researchers after the primary research project uh, was concluded. So uh, we petitioned the DOD, and they sent us uh, about $5 million to develop the National Trauma Research Repository, uh, which is the designed exactly for that purpose, uh, to not only put that data in uh, so that it can be used in the future uh, by other researchers, but also co-mingle uh, that data with other uh, projects that have, that have come to fruition. Uh, so working with people like Eileen Bolger and John Holcomb uh, to put in data into the NTRR from Prompt and Proper and the Glue Grant uh, so that all of that data can be repurposed for other researchers uh, and as it would turn out, uh, effective, uh, you know, within the past six months, uh, a group of scientific uh, uh, publication editors uh, put into effect uh, 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 that you can't uh, submit an NIH grant without a data sharing plan and they are not going to publish your scientific article uh, in some pretty well-known journals like the Journal of the American Medical Association or the British Medical Journal uh, if you don't have a data sharing plan. And so the National Trauma Research Repository stands to fill that void for trauma-related research projects uh, so that we can uh, help those researchers uh, get their work uh, funded and help them get it published even if we aren't involved in any other way. Why have an NTRR? Can't we just get all of our data from the national databases like TQIP that we already have? Like why create a second repository? So it's, it's interesting. In building the National Trauma Research Repository, uh, we did go to a lot of those uh, source uh, data uh, uh, research research data points that uh, people had put uh, together uh, for prompt and for for proper. We we pulled uh, the National Trauma Data Bank uh, data fields. We pulled the TQIP data fields, uh, and as it would turn out, uh, the the cross talk uh, amongst those different data sets uh, was somewhere about 20 to 25 percent, meaning that the NTRR has. Uh, compared to any other data source, probably 75% more data fields in it specific to research uh, along the lines of hemorrhage and, and such. Uh, I mean, if you look at the NTDB and TQIP, uh, there's no repository, or there's no data field for whole blood. Uh, there's no data field for tourniquet uh, and, uh, and, or hemostatic uh, adjuncts of, of other varieties. And so uh, the NTRR was built with all of that in mind. Uh, and in fact, we've submitted uh, to the, to the uh, DOD uh, to uh, get an upgrade uh, to include more of those fields. And where possible, we are using uh, the definitions for those data fields that came from the source. So we're not creating unique things unless those 
data fields don't exist, and then we are coming up with those definitions and sharing it back to those other organizations uh, should they want to create uh, a data field within, let's say, the NTDB or in TQIP, uh, so that we're all using the uh, same uh, you know, the same language, the same definitions. And I agree. In review, when I went through the NTRR, it's just it's more robust. It's more granular. It kind of helps uh, trauma surgeons and trauma scientists answer some questions. Sometimes out of the TQIP data and uh, TDB, there'll be that one thing you kind of wish you had that might answer your question a little bit better. But if you don't have it, you just kind of make do. But the NTRR is really robust. Um, so let's say someone is listening to this podcast. They want to get involved. They want to do research. They want to have the NTA help them. They'd like federal funds. Uh, what should they do next? Uh, the next thing they should do is contact us um, at research at nattrauma.org. That's research at nattrauma.org, and we will put you in touch with one of our um, directors, um, specifically with the, for the National Trauma Research Repository. Right now we are working with individual researchers to um, uh, design their study so that the data that results are compatible uh, with the with the NTRR components. So we will work with you, make sure that um, the common data elements match what we have so that when at the end of the study they can be uploaded w without um, any delay. So the other thing I would say is that uh, don't, don't think about this just from a visceral trauma research uh, perspective because the NTI board is made up of uh, representatives uh, from basically every uh, lettered organization uh, you know, that takes care of injured patients from neurosurgeons to emergency medicine, anesthesiologists, uh, orthopedists, uh, burn surgeons, uh, all of the lettered organizations uh, out there are, are represented at that table. And so uh, this isn't just for uh, EAST researchers, uh, this is for anybody who wants to do research from uh, orthopedics and neurosurgery to visceral trauma. And for our listeners, I will certainly post that uh, uh, research at nattrauma.org on the website and the listing on our Twitter account so that you can follow it and uh, pick it up. Um, so just to be clear, so I am brand new into research. Let's say I want to do either a retrospective trial, I could use your data, or I want to do a prospective trial, I have no money, I could at least call you and we could maybe work together to figure out how can we get this funding and how can we move either of those projects forward, either a retrospective project or prospective project. Is that correct? Um, yes, and what we would do, uh, we have a science committee, and if, if there's an idea that comes to us, um, there are certain criteria that we look at, our science committee looks at, the, the compatibility with our mission, the um, robustness of your protocol, the available funding sources that are out there. We are constantly monitoring those funding sources. So it's kind of a, a matching process, and if it looks like it's something that is in our wheelhouse and we have the expertise to help um, to help move that forward, we can take it on. And as as Dr. Jenkins said, we can we can work with the researcher on writing the grant, um, developing the protocol, get, making sure the aims are um, uh, meeting the requirements of the of the uh, of the funder. Uh, so we can start from there. Or if, if a study is already ongoing and is looking for for follow-on research. Uh, funding, excuse me, um, we can help identify sources for that. So it depends on, you know, the stage that you're in, um, but also meeting the criteria that our science committee has put forward. And would the individual institution, do they pay you, or, or is this a 
something that you just do as part of your institution? Like, how does that work? Interesting you should ask that. <laughs> we do, how we, um, so we become the primary contractor on many of these studies. So we, we will collaborate with, with researchers at no cost. That's what we do. But once the funding comes and we're the primary contractor, of course, there's an indirect that we take for managing the study and, and the, um, the process. So that's, that's basically how we, um, and it's, it, and it's, it, it's really low. I mean, it's, it's capped at uh, uh, $25,000. Uh, I think is the is the cap that we've set for ourselves uh, in that, uh, and uh, a very very reasonable rate because we want to encourage uh, research uh, to be done. Uh, one of the other things we found ourselves uh, uh, helping researchers with on occasion, uh, rare occasion, but it does happen where we've had to go to bat for that researcher uh, with against the FDA or with the DoD. Uh, because there were some misunderstandings and, a, and a, uh, maybe just a, a lack of uh, education uh, about what exactly the, we were trying to accomplish uh, and were able to uh, help those projects get back on track uh, and, uh, and come, to, you know, come to fruition. I, I think it's incredibly helpful. I'm applying for my first grant right now, and it's a three-page application. And the fourth page is just, please explain your budget. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know research costs money. I'm, there's people I have to pay, but I don't know how to do it. So it sounds like you could be a really great resource, one, to manage it all, but then also to kind of help us through that budgetary process. Yes, everyone. We have a whole team of research administrators um, who are very seasoned in putting together budgets and writing protocols and developing aims and, you know, c putting all the pieces and parts together in an application. There could be 15, 20 documents that are requested in the course of a, um, completing a full proposal. Uh, and NTI knows how to do all of that. So yes, we can take that off your plate. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for sitting with me. I think that this is just, it was such a great resource and a potential, especially for new researchers out there, maybe who haven't done their first grant, or you're into a couple of grants, and it becomes overwhelming with the amount of work that the trauma scientist has to do. This could be just something to take it off your back and make it even easier and, and actually enjoyable, because I think that's why we all do the research, is we really enjoy actually doing it and seeing the results. Pam, Don, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about the NTI and the NTRR. I'm here with Joe DeBose, who is part of the NTI National Trauma Institute Research uh, Group and has some projects with them. Joe, if you could tell us where you're from and what is NTI? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Joe DeBose. I'm a colonel in the United States Air Force, presently stationed in Baltimore at uh, Artem's Cali Shock Trauma as the director of the uh, Baltimore Center for Sustainment of Trauma and this Trauma and Readiness Skills for the Air Force, or C-STARS. Um, I've been involved with NTI, or the National Trauma Institute, uh, almost since its inception in 2006. Uh, and they have, their role and mission is to serve as a leading advocate for increased uh, federal funding for trauma-related research and research infrastructure. So they reach out to the DOD and help um, identify funding resources for investigators to meet the needs of the gap analysis of the DOD, and then marry that with investigators capable of carrying out that research. Um, They've done some, a lot of exciting things. Most recently, they've launched the National Trauma Research Repository, or the NTRR, which is a comprehensive web platform that is used to manage research data sets and uh, to support data sharing among trauma investigators. Um, that is managed by the NTI, but it was actually funded by the Department of Defense and built by the National Institute 
of Health's Center for the Information Technology and Sapient Government Services. And they now have generated and managed more than $80 million directed towards uh, clinical trauma research for 22 studies in 35 cities, 25 states, and 70 investigators. And I happen to be fortunate to be one of those investigators. What is the project that you're working on with NTI? So I worked with them on the, uh, the American Association for the Surgery of Trauma multi-center study titled the uh, Prospective Observational Vascular Injury Treatment or Prove-It Registry. And this was a multi-center study that was designed to look at vas management and outcomes of vascular injuries in a contemporary setting in, in the United States. It was a multi-center study. Um, challenging for me as a military provider because I move around every two years. And so your traditional DOD grant, which gets granted under an umbrella at the institution that you're affiliated with, when you move, as is very much the case and frequently occurs with military providers, unfortunately, the majority of those funding mechanisms stay with that institution in many instances. So it became challenging for me moving every two years over the span of a decade to really continue to grow that registry and, uh, and manage all those things. And, and quite frankly, I don't have the expertise in grant writing and um, subcontracting and annual reports or the time with multiple deployments each year. And what the NTI did, the great folks at the NTI did, was really help me manage that. Um, and they really become the uh, independent management organization for that uh, DOD money and help me facilitate the research. How is NTRR different or similar than other trauma repositories we already have, like TQIP? Well, I think NTRR is going to be, TQIP captures trauma patient outcomes, uh, but what the NTRR is unique in that it's going to, all these multi-center studies we do with AAST, East, Western Trauma, and a host of other organizations, when the study's done, there's still valuable data there, so when the investigators answer their primary question, um, that data, what happens to that data? It, it basically sits somewhere where it's not utilized or there's no caretaker for it. And the NTI has stepped forward to say, you know, we will capture all of that and there are probably some very unique instances in which we can marry two data sets, for example, to answer another question. There's a lot of value in that data and it just needs a, a thoughtful caretaker and some thoughtful oversight to make sure that it's in perpetuity, it's a resource for trauma research. Yeah, sure. I think trauma surgeons are notorious for data mining and retrospective reviews of uh, important information. Um, if you were, if one of our listeners is an investigator or, or a researcher and they're interested in, in getting involved, is this restricted just to military trauma surgeons or is it open to anybody? Not at all. Uh, they, the NTI is designed primarily to reach out and organize DOD funds, but they've also done a wonderful job in recent years of not lobbying for additional research for trauma at the federal level. Um, but there's also non-Department of Defense sources that they've been able to reach into and tap into and organize and manage for people. So it's not uh, simply a military organization. It's not designed simply to support military providers such as myself. It really is something uh, that any trauma researcher, particularly when they're utilizing large data sets and multi-center data, that becomes complex and difficult to coordinate, uh, that they can really reach out and, and ask for some help there. And, D and NTI, can, can, I, I can testify, can provide that exceptionally well. Wonderful. Joe, thank you so much for sitting with me. My pleasure, and thank you to the NTI folks for uh, helping me out all these years. It certainly wouldn't be a complete conversation about the NTI if we didn't include Eileen Bulger. Uh, thank you very much for having some time to sit with me. Eileen, if you could explain, uh, you know, just introduce yourself and then tell us how you're involved with the NTI. Sure. Thanks so much. It's, a, it's an, it's an uh, honor to have the opportunity to talk to you today, and I 
Um, I'm really excited about uh, where we're going with trauma research in this country, so I think it's, it, it's maybe even a broader discussion than NTI. But, uh, but I'm a, a professor of surgery at the University of Washington and uh, am blessed to serve in a uh, leadership role with the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma as the current uh, chair. Um, and uh, in that role, I've had the opportunity to be involved fairly closely in the development of CENTER, which is the Coalition for National Trauma Research. So I sit on the board of that organization, and I also sit on the board of the National Trauma Institute. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to work closely uh, as this has developed. Maybe a little bit of background on CENTER would be helpful. Um, sure. so, so CENTER is a Coalition for National Trauma Research, which we came together, and I honestly don't remember the timeline exactly, but about four years ago. Um, we really uh, born out of um, when uh, President Chaffee was the president of the AAST, the concept that we really needed to bring the entire trauma community together uh, in order to both advocate for better uh, and enhanced uh, funding for trauma research, which we know is grossly underfunded at the federal level, but also to see how we could leverage our resources to do a more take a more coordinated approach to trauma research and uh, and and build networks that could do studies, you know, that were practical, that answered important clinical questions um, without uh, huge amounts of funding, which are hard to come by. So the coalition <coughs> includes the AAST, EAST, uh, the Western Trauma Association, uh, the National Trauma Institute, and the American College of Surgeons Committee on Trauma. So those five organizations came together and said, you know, we're committed to working together on these issues. Um, the board is made up of representatives of all of those organizations. Uh, the initial investment in center was largely uh, driven by the AAST um, with some contributions from EAST and NTI. And over time, uh, we've continued to look for opportunities to leverage this collaboration. We started with advocacy, so we held uh, a couple of advocacy days. We went uh, as a group to Capitol Hill and, and uh, we're actually successful in getting some funding into the DOD budget to support uh, trauma research. But, you know, $10 million here and there seems like a lot to us. It's not a lot in the world of trauma research and, and federal research funding. So we probably need to think even bigger than that. So Center had a strategic planning um, exercise in the last year and really defined its mission um, and, uh, and re-engaged the college in, dis in further discussions. And so we're really excited that I think it's coming together now as a, as a real opportunity for young investigators to start uh, to utilize Center for Grant Applications. So I'll give you an, a couple of examples of that, if that's helpful. So uh, one grant that I have uh, through Center is, is, uh, is called the National Trauma Research Action Plan. Um, this is a DOD-funded grant uh, that um, is a direct, uh, in direct response to the 2016 NASEM report on zero preventable deaths which calls for creation of a National Trauma Research Action Plan and has several recommendations around it. And so we, we, uh, we knew the DOD was interested in helping support implementation of that report. And so we drafted a grant uh, through Center that uh, has three aims. The first is to really uh, do a really comprehensive gap analysis of where our holes are in our knowledge base for trauma and critical care across the entire continuum of care. So starting with uh, injury prevention, pre-hospital care, hospital care, all the way through to rehabilitation and long-term outcomes. And so that uh, includes 11 working groups and, and is just getting kicked off now. And, you'll, and I'm, I'm sure if you do anything in the field of trauma research, you're going to hear from us about being on one of those panels. 
the second aim is, a, is really to do a deep dive and really understand the long-term outcomes metrics for trauma patients because that is the future of how we're going to assess outcome. You know, we, we go only so far with, with hospital mortality. Uh, and so the, for that aim, we partnered with the college and had a kickoff meeting last week where we had a two-day conference and brought in the experts around the world on patient-reported outcome measures to learn from them. And that will roll into a literature review and then a, a Delphi process to really define those, those endpoints. And then the third aim of the grant is a regulatory aim because there are lots of barriers that are, that are uh, challenging for trauma investigators to do this type of research at the regulatory level, at both the federal level and the DOD and the FDA. And so that aim will actually bring together representatives from IRBs, from, FDA, from the FDA, from OHRP, from the DOD, to, to look at the regulatory climate, to see where there's opportunity to simplify things, to make, to make uh, toolkits for investigators, uh, and to optimize the ability to conduct trauma research. So big project, but you can only do those kinds of big things with a large network and a large team and center affords that opportunity. NTI is uh, the grant manager for that particular project. They have incredible expertise in working with the DOD. They've had a number of previously funded uh, DOD projects, and so uh, it's, they're absolutely phenomenal to work with and, uh, and play a critical role in that particular project. And thank you. That was a very nice uh, summary of everything for Center and NTI and and, and the groups involved. It, it this is all new to me. I'll be I'll be honest. Uh, when uh, we were asked to do this trauma cast, I didn't know anything about NTI. I, I had kind of heard of this NTRR thing. I'd never heard of Center. Is am I just out of the loop, or 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 maybe have we had some kind of fragmented groups, and now we're all kind of coming together under one umbrella over the past few years? I mean, I think, again, Center's pretty young, and we started out really focused on advocacy. So unless you were involved in those advocacy efforts or advocacy days, you probably aren't that aware of it. But I think where we are now is in a place where we um, can actually help investigators get funded, and uh, not only through the DOD, but through other mechanisms. So again, I give you another example. So two weeks ago, or maybe even, not even a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, there was an RFP uh, released from a private foundation that has raised uh, $10 million that they want to spend uh, to understand firearm violence in this country. Um, obviously, huge topic in need of research. Uh, so we took a look at that, quickly pulled together the leaders of the injury prevention committees uh, in center, so from East, AAST, uh, COT, and said, you know, is there an opportunity here that we can put together a research proposal through the collaboration of all of our organizations? Of course, they're very excited about that. <laughs> so I, th I think the $10 million <laughs> might have made them very excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they're going to fund several grants, so I don't think we would get all the $10 million. But, but still, it's, it's, an, it's an opportunity to, again, leverage the resources and the expertise we have across our organizations uh, to work together. So, uh, so very quickly, within a week, we've had uh, two meetings, and we've got three aims, and we've decided that we're going to utilize the TQIP uh, infrastructure to make this possible. So, you know, we have 800 trauma centers that contribute TQIP data um, as part of their QI programs, and it's a phenomenal uh, opportunity um, uh, uh, to think about how we can, if we just add a little bit more data about the gunshot wounds that are seen in those centers and ask them to, to look at patients that wouldn't normally be in TQIP because they're discharged from the ED, but they're an important population in non-fatal firearm injury, by collecting a little bit more data across the entire country, we, we have an opportunity to look at the epidemiology that's never been described before. 
so that's going to be kind of aim one of the grant, and we actually sent a notice out yesterday to the TQIP centers soliciting their interest in, in, in being engaged in this project. There are some other additional aims that will that will leverage uh, the expertise at NTI. So, for example, uh, the NTI has expertise in geospatial mapping, and so we're looking at in some centers where we can also get medical examiner data, we would do uh, specific uh, mapping of all firearm injuries in that catchment area for a trauma center, which would be a great thing for, I would love to have that for my trauma center for injury prevention efforts, but also will help us look at social determinants of disease and, and other, other things. So, again, short time window to turn it around, but because there's such a great group of people that are used to working together now, uh, we can absolutely do that. And so that grant will be managed largely by the college, um, but NTI, again, will, will manage part of it as well. So that infrastructure to be able to respond to an opportunity quickly uh, and to leverage a large number of centers that, that you know, can collect data um, gives us a unique opportunity, I think, to move the field forward. I think it sounds incredible. I'm, I've been pleased to kind of learn more and more about this throughout the week. Um, and for the listeners, I certainly am going to post all of these um, websites and, and click links on the TraumaCast uh, page as well as on our uh, Twitter feed as well. So if you haven't learned about all these uh, acronyms and letters yet, you can dive deeper into it uh, online. Eileen, thank you so much for uh, sitting with me. Thank you very much. And that wraps up another edition of TraumaCast, brought to you by the East Online Education Committee of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. You can check out all the great educational and career development resources available on the EAST website at www.east.org. And make sure you subscribe to the TraumaCast series so you don't miss any of our exciting upcoming programs and interviews. So if you're searching for cutting-edge science and research, professional education, network and building relationships, and career development, remember that all you need to do is look to the EAST.